Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. We are kicking off the year 2021 with an epic show today. We're going to be talking about the critical difference between tendinopathy and acute injury management, answering a great question from one of our online coaching tribes. Strap yourself in. What's up, everybody? This is actually take two. We had some sound issues. Hopefully, they're fixed. Let's... uh, see let us know if the sound is uh still a problem guys on the live stream i want to quickly welcome back the superstar of physio monday none other than phil white how are you mate so great to be back i've just been off in uh rural western australia um in a place called kununurra which it's about 40 degrees um or more every single day lots of saltwater crocs around not much time outside, so I've just been hard at work, yeah, working behind the scenes and some exciting online projects. But yeah, now, just amazed to be back in, in Sydney. So much going on. <laughs> on on that uh, online projects, we have a very special sponsor for the show today, uh, Adapt Physio, ADP Physio, which is... ADPT. ADPT, which is uh, Phil and Nalesh's baby uh, that, they, that Phil's been working on for quite a while. So we're going to link in the comments here, we're going to link their Facebook page and we're going to link their um, their website. What we would really love you all to do... Link a, a, a place for Google reviews. If yes, possible. yes. What we all want you to do, because you've all experienced Phil's effervescence <laughs> and uh, we want you to is. give them a Google review. Help, help hack the algorithm for us. Little exercise to show Phil how much you love all the free content he's been giving us here at the desk over the last year or so. So, so starting off, it's going to be like, this is for our in, in-person clinic, but yeah, Nilesh and I, and Nilesh is my business partner who I met at the Greater Western Sydney Giants and he's been one of the um, top physios there for the last uh, nine years now. He's going into his 10th season. So expert sports physio and we're working hard together to put together an online physio solution that will you know, uh, be able to work with people all around the world and do um, yeah, programs that should you know, sort you out from any injury you have. So really would appreciate um, yeah, you guys help me out. And if, you know, in the review, just kind of putting down that like, oh, Phil has talked on the podcast about this and it's helped me in this way. Yeah, really share, your, share your experiences with uh, Phil's uh, um, amazing uh, advice over the podcast. So today we actually are diving in to answer a question that came through on our UMS online coaching uh, by Grant Denny. And Grant is uh, a CrossFitter who also works in the construction industry and he uh, is suffering quite um, frustrating uh, tendinopathy or golfer's elbow as we like to call it uh, in the forearm. So what I'm going to do while I link this discussion thread into his comment uh, in the comments, I'd like Phil just to give a little bit of a a context about what uh, tendinopathy is and what um, golfer's elbow is for those playing at home. Yeah, I thought we'd start a year off with this one, uh, my first episode back, because it is just the most common question we get, and we've talked about it, um, you know, quite a lot before. But I think it's just for anyone who's you know tackling the uh, strength game plus any calisthenics in combination, um, you're, you're going to come along with load management issues and tendinopathy um, at, at some point. So the more we can you know, get on top of this, the better. So yeah, definitely a good one to be talking about and make sure it's one of those ones where if you haven't had it, you don't really realize how bad it is. And then when you get it, it becomes super frustrating. So learn the secrets to not get it in the first place. And uh, yeah, you'll have a, <laughs> a happy training life. So um, with this chat today, we're talking about the, the, the 
key differences in management of tendinopathy and acute injuries. So um, with tendinopathy, this is, is, is definitely something that doesn't necessarily come on by one, um, you know, out of control injury like a torn hamstring or a rolled ankle, that would be your acute injuries. A tendinopathy um, will happen from a, um, it's it's usually over over time. So like a, a very young, you know, kid, for example, kind of wouldn't get this. It's more of like a, a, a tendon development issue if you've changed your load in a big way. So um, with tendinopathy, it's like with, um, are we talking just elbows today or are we doing... Well, talk, whole... talk in a broad broad sense now while we build some context around what the difference is between tendinopathy and like an acute um, muscle tear or something like that. Um, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so with uh, tendinopathy, so this is going to be in the tendon itself. And just a reminder for those playing at home, a tendon is what attaches a muscle to a bone, which is different from ligaments, which is going uh, bone to bone. And basically there's a whole bunch of... Um, you know, fancy cellular processes that happen. But if, to put it very simply, a tendinopathy happens when we uh, have a, a rapid change in the amount of loading that we the body is used to. The tendon can't quite uh, keep up with this this change quickly. It doesn't have the time to adapt quick enough, and we'll go through a process where um, it has both sort of a degenerative. Well, it, it starts to try and turn over the tissues to adapt but in doing so does a bit of a messy job of it and creates a um, kind of tendon replacement that isn't as strong as um, regular tendon and not quite as good at taking um, you know stretching forces and compressive forces um, and becomes like long term well it, it will often stick around for a long time being quite painful and harder to produce force through so so it's uh, like a it's a remodeling of the tendon and it's a less effective or a less uh, robust tendon that comes afterwards yeah basically it, it it just with just like with muscle hypertrophy it's to gain hypertrophy it's gonna you're gonna have to turn over the protein so you're gonna have um like protein degeneration and then synthesis as well so it's a constant sort of turnover to then with the idea that you're trying to get just slightly more synthesis than you have breakdown and then you get more muscle same kind of thing happens with tendinopathy where we're trying to get like a fairly even gradual turnover but if we do something that um yeah vastly exceeds what our current capacity is then you kind of have a lot of breakdown with not and then like a quick sort of patch job of a um of a synthesis and it doesn't work so well i like that i like the um uh the Simple explanation, um, too much breakdown, too much uh, stimulus and a very, very quick uh, patchwork job of trying to repair it uh, uh, um, to get it going again. Yeah. And so and now- it comes down to collagen fibers and, and basically with tendons there, especially in the lower body are amazing for efficiency in the body. So if we had to use muscles for um, all of our force and power, then that's a massively metabolically costly activity. So as in, you're going to have to burn a lot of energy to, you know, power yourself forward. But we have, um, you know, an Achilles tendon, we have patella tendon that are great for basically acting like springs. So then your body has to do less work to um, propel you forward. So that's why tendons generally have, yeah, a lot of this um, fairly sort of stretchy collagen fibers that work as like these sort of super efficiency um parts of our body that yeah uh, that don't, don't burn as much energy yeah exactly so when it comes to um having trying to adapt a, a tendon to do load it needs to um 
basically the things you have to kind of keep in mind is like total load, uh, how much you're kind of putting reboundy, stretchy forces through it, and also how much compression force you're gonna put through it as well. So this is where I wanna go, and, and I, I wanna just quickly say, uh, we've got Grant um, Denny on the live stream. Welcome, brother. Uh, so w when you hear me talk now, I'm going to be general. I, 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 I can't be too specific about your situation because I don't know the full history. So I'm gonna speak in general terms now. So I, 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 I apologize if I, don't um, uh, explain this uh, perfectly to your circumstances, but this is a really great example um, because Grant has given us a fairly good picture here in his comment. There's two um, uh, mechanisms here that I'm going to highlight. First and foremost, and we um, Phil and I have done shows about um, macro and micro loading, and we, we won't we won't go into too much detail about that because we do talk about that in our injury um, management and injury rehab series that's coming up in a few weeks. But there are two um, factors going on here. There is a, a macro factor, which is um, Grant's employment, his uh, profession. He's in construction, and he says here that he's often gripping onto a, t a seven to twelve kilogram jackhammer. I've worked in construction myself before. Uh, I've I've used jackhammers before. It's pretty intense. It's like heavy, heavy, heavy. Lots and lots of exposure, lots of stimulus over a long period of time, especially if you're on the big hammers all day long and especially if you're having to use them in awkward positions you know where you're not just straight up and down vertical where you're having to chip sideways and maybe chip down an old retaining wall or something like that so you've got that first macro factor where he is exposed to far more load than the average person uh, yeah, who's, on top who's, of training is, and then, well. and then, and this is the second thing I want to talk about. He's also a CrossFitter, and CrossFit is a very unique style of exercise, which is one of its positives. It it is extremely motivating because it, there is a competition element there, and there is this uh, this blurred line between when you go to the gym. You know, depending on how uh, strict your your coaches, your culture, all of that sort of thing is, there is always an element of outdoing yourself or other people every single workout you want to you want to compete you want to train to compete uh, to do the wads as efficiently and effectively and as quickly as possible and so there is often this element of training in CrossFit that goes far beyond what um, an average person will do, which is that you go at it much harder, you expose yourself to a lot more load, and there is not as much um, uh, thought to load management in, in a lot of CrossFit gyms. And, uh, you know, there are pros and cons to that. Pr the pro is that it creates amazing culture, there's an incredible vibe, it's very, very infectious and, and, and motivating, and you tend to get a lot more work done. You know, you, you, you burn a lot more calories in a very short amount of time. The downside to it is though that often there's not a lot of thought to load management and you expose your body to excessive loads very quickly without sort of slowly building up to it because you want to go in there and and and, and you know see what your body's capable of you know there's a, there's an element in any sport in any sporting code whether it's uh whether it's uh, marathon running which we're about to talk about with grant as well whether it's um football uh whether it's rock climbing the, the moment you go in and expose yourself to that load there's an uh, the, the, you, you, all um moderation goes out the window you want to see what your body can do you know yeah, uh, which the body like you know human body is incredibly resilient and you know, usually you kind of get away with it. Usually you kind of have a, like, there's a bit of a buffer if you overload and, and you know, that's part of the programming you do for, um, you know, advanced sort of strength training is 
um, what's called the accumulation uh, uh, um, super comp super compensation. Yep. Yeah, yeah, super compensation where you're you're actively trying to prescribed over overreaching. Of, yeah, That's you're right. trying to overreach and so like a bit of overreaching here and there with adequate rest in um, you know as long as you're also ticking off you know good microloading which we'll probably just quickly um, cover as well like if your technique's good and and all of that uh, yeah you do, do generally have a bit of leeway but um, yeah this is a real classic combination of um, with CrossFit plus yeah. Uh, yeah, really challenging physical um, physical labor, and also that he's also now training for an ultramarathon. Yep, is that and if he's already started to train for an ultramarathon, that even though that's a you know generally a lower body um, activity, you've still got to think about with tendinopathy, like your when you're trying to get you know um, adaptation and synthesis of um, muscle fibers and um, and tendon fibers, like that's all costly work like you need you need to have the fuel you need to have the you know macronutrients right uh, to like lay down new tissues there and repair there and if you're really fatigued from um you know also doing marathon running uh, ultra marathon training and you've got uh, resources going towards you know the rest of your body and, and just the massive like caloric demand that is ultra marathon running and crossfit then that recovery piece is just so key for yeah, hundred um, so, percent. Yeah, so you can kind of imagine that, like, if your your body's kind of figure out, like, okay, I have X amount of, uh, you know, repair to do <laughs> today. Like, where am I going to put the resources? And maybe like your elbow may just be missing out because you're you're just going through so much um, elsewhere. And we'll talk about. I want to I want to get to that piece um, uh, towards the end with uh, where we can be quite specific to a strategy for Grant. But from a general standpoint, the thing that I want to really drive home now, and this is a key takeaway for everybody listening, um, the the way that you load your body, the obvious uh, the obvious areas for all of us who work out in the gym or do a sport or compete is that sport or that gym. But it's very, very important that we understand that there are other loading variables in our lifestyle that play a huge role in whether we are injured or not, especially when it comes to tendinopathy, which is, you know, just a, a, most commonly um, a, a sort of a buildup of just excessive load that's not really managed properly. You know, it, it can happen uh, in, in, an, in a single instance. You can have an abusive load that just tips the scale, which, which I would like to, uh, at this point, talk about load management. And Phil has the best analogy of load management that we've been um, beating the drum of whilst he was away even because I love it so much, which is the concept of the cup. And why don't, why don't you explain you a bucket, that? bucket, but cup can work. A bucket, bucket, okay. <laughs> I've been saying a cup, but yeah, you, say, I mean, you say a bucket. I think like a bucket seems bigger. You know? yeah, you're not, not going right. to overflow a cup too quickly. Well, so. we're all buckets here, but not everyone <laughs> has reached the bucket uh, level just yet. Fair enough. So with with every um, part of your body, each each of the structure that takes load is it has a certain capacity. And so these words like capacity and load can just seem a bit like, you know, meaningless um, and and weird. So I like to think of it, yeah, with this with bucket and tap, if your capacity is your bucket, so how much can you fit in your bucket and your tap is how much load um, you're putting into the system. So, um, so CrossFit would be more like a fire hydrant, like yeah, a hose. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And so, you know, your, your body isn't like a singular bucket. So you kind of think about like, you know, your elbow tendons are its its own bucket and, um, you know, your, uh, your, your muscles, knees. Are, you know, the knees, like every kind of area has its own uh, capacity <laughs> to, to do work. So someone who's done lots of calisthenics training, um, you know, who's an absolute beast with, you know, can do front levers and muscle ups and whatever, 
might then go for a 5k run thinking that they're really fit and strong but they haven't considered the you know capacity of like the how big their bucket is for their achilles tendon and, and might just quickly um and their calf muscles and they'll quickly like find that they won't be able to walk for the rest of the week if they just try and punch out a fi- fast 5k run even though they're really fit and strong at other things their capacity to do you know running is is low so basically if they've they if they haven't done the only running they've ever done is you know to get to the bus occasionally then their um you know their tap will be like a small trickle so the amount of load they're putting into um their calf muscles their achilles is a small trickle and then you go for a you know a 5k run because you just had a big christmas dinner and you you know you're feeling like you want to burn a few calories suddenly you've just yeah again put the fire hose on a small cup so, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> and yeah, the water goes just, everywhere i think it's just a nice way for people to like to visualize kind of thinking about okay for if i'm trying to start something new like what structures are involved what parts of your body even if you can't name them like think about just you know like feet yeah like legs yeah <laughs> how much water have I, like how much have i been turning on this tap and if i haven't been turning on it much then uh you know you've just got to slowly increase things because the great thing about this magical bucket is it will adapt to how much um what do you put in it but if you do it too fast so if you really just turn the fire hose on you, your bucket doesn't have time to adapt things spill over the spilling over is in this case having an injury which you know might be a tendinopathy might be an acute injury it depends on the you know mechanism and structure yeah yeah and so. i and like this morning i'll give you an example and and grant's um answered this here which is going to build even more context but th- i went out for my morning walk this morning because my bucket overflowed on new year's eve because i went for a run and ended up having to change my um my run course and did way too much hills because they'd closed everything off for the fireworks display sure. in sydney and it really stuffed me last minute and I did a lot more hill than I'm used to. And because I've had a knee reconstruction, running downhill really exceeds my load capacity in my in my knee at the moment. And uh, and I've only been able to walk ever since and hardly walk. I've been hobbling because I've really overdone it. Um, but on my usual path today, I saw so many New Year's resolution runners that, that I haven't seen before because I take the same path every day. You see the same people um, d- going on their daily jog across the Harbour Bridge. And there's a lot of overweight people who are really um, going for it, which is fantastic. But they were punishing themselves, you know, like really not looking like they like looking like they were in pain and exceeding their load capacity today. And um, and and it's something that you need to really take into consideration. You know, so many. This is why so many people's news re- resolutions fail because by the end of January, everyone's banged up and injured and suffering quite in- intense pain in the knees and the feet and the ankles. You got to think about what your load capacity is, and you got to think about how to adapt it slowly and progressively. And for many of us, like me included, look at how fit I am. To start out, I wasn't able to run. I had to walk, and I walked for weeks and weeks and weeks, slowly building up to small bouts of running. Where if I did uh, five kilometres, I'd only run a kilometre. You know, I'd just do bursts of running, and then I got up to doing three kilometres of running and two kilometres of walking, and then slowly turned over to being able to do the whole five kilometers as a run and um, that's what we're talking about with building up load capacity allowing your bucket to slowly grow to the size that it it needs to be sorry i just couldn't let this uh escape do you guys know that it's Richard's birthday today? Is it Richard's birthday today? Oh, Happy it is. birthday <laughs> to <laughs> you. <laughs> How old are you, Richie? 21 yet? 32. 32? <laughs> Good 
32, the big dick. He's happy, 32. Happy birthday, Richard. Well, yeah, we, I, couldn't, I couldn't let that one slide. Yeah, so everybody um, everybody that's tuning in, send Richard some birthday love. He is the, uh, the voice of God who manages all of the magic here. And uh, we love him. Oh. We were so close to getting through this episode without an explicit, yeah. an explicit, yeah. without an explicit tag, but then here comes Rad. Yeah. <laughs> and happy new year, everyone. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, for, those, for those of you who don't know, uh, Rad is a dick. No. Um, <laughs> Rad is training our new gym manager, Will, who we will get on the show to uh, introduce you to him. Uh, but it's a big deal for us here at Unity Gym because Rad has sort of been the gym manager for quite a while. And it's going to give him more time to really sink his teeth into our online uh, program and coaching. But back to our, uh, the love is pouring in, Richie. Uh, back to our topic of discussion, um, because this is very important, you know, this concept of load management. And the, the, I, I love Grant uh, Grant's story um, because he is, uh, it's, a, it's a really, really good opportunity to show that there are all these different factors of load or stimulus. Yeah, and he's just kind of given another clue here with uh, talking in a, in a comment here, just saying, yeah, I stuffed up when running when I first started and ended up getting with a, stra- a stress fracture in my foot. And then a few uh, months later, a runner's knee. So with stress fractures, like that's just a really kind of clear sign that not only like load manage, you know, load management is part of it, but then also like recovery is the biggest thing with stress fractures because just like uh, tendons, just like muscles, uh, your bones are going through constant, uh, you know, remodeling. So yeah. they're constantly breaking down and, and building back up again. Um, and stress fractures will happen if you get uh, based in someone who's like fit and healthy, like it usually happens if you're really like under um, yep. undernourished. And with this combination that I'm seeing you doing, which is CrossFit and um, ultra marathon running, my the only client I've ever seen who's had a rhabdomyolysis, which is something that people didn't really know, like only really thought about with old people who had falls and then lay on the ground for like, you know, a few days on end where their muscles start to eat themselves and break down. Yeah. Uh, CrossFit's really brought rhabdo, uh, rhabdomyolysis back. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and one of my clients who was training for marathons and competitive CrossFit at the same time, he's the only person I've ever seen do it. And that's basically where your muscles start breaking down so quickly that, um, and they can't remodel. And that's just the ultimate sort of end game for like bad load management plus not fueling and not recovering so yeah i'd like to like i'm going to say something um uh possibly a little bit controversial here um but in in my opinion your body is either adapting or it's breaking down you know if you're not stimulating your body and this is what happens to elderly people quite badly if they don't get enough exercise throughout their life you know all the tissues in your body your muscles your tendons your ligaments and your, your bones uh not i'm not i'm talking about your organs here so much but those tissues are, co- are constantly turning over, uh, new cells, all, t- all tissues are, but just, just let's leave organs out of it for now. Um, and, you're, you're, and it really is governed by the, the way they're stimulated, you know, and if you're not stimulating them in a good way, then they're generally breaking down, they're de-evolving, you know. And, and um, I know that Phil doesn't want me to paint a really m- bleak picture for, for everyone here, but you know, for us, we're very lucky because everyone listening to this and, and, and everyone in the Movement Mastermind, everyone in, in definitely in our UMS online coaching and here at Unity Gym, we're very lucky because exercise is a part of our life and we're stimulating our body in the right way. But where we tend to go wrong is with overstimulus. You know, we, we tend to, uh, unlike the, the majority of people that are under stimulating their body, 
we tend to get a little bit too carried away and just go, okay, and, and push it too far. And, uh, and that's what I disliked about CrossFit when it became super popular was that uh, just by nature, by the culture, CrossFit is, is a sport, you know, and, and the way that they, that, that they do the wads and the CrossFit games and all that, it's, it's a very, very entertaining sport. I love it. I love watching it. But it's not necessarily the way we should exercise. And um, when we train, uh, we train to increase our load capacity. We train to reduce our risk of injury and we train to improve our performance factors, speed, agility, uh, strength, um, uh, uh, force uh, um, output, um, things like that, you know, power. Um, and um, CrossFit kind of blurred the lines when it first came out. And I, and I know it's come a long way since, and I know that it's, it's very different in most of the CrossFit boxes that the coaches are now really getting this and really understanding, and, then, and they're not doing wads every single day, you know. But um, there is still a culture there of, uh, of people who uh, are continually pushing their body to, to breaking point. That is just the, the nature of it. And it's what it bred. It bred this, you know, extremism in, 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 um, in training, you know, and it never works. Extremism yeah. ne never works, you know, um, uh, balance and moderation. Well, I, th I feel like the unfortunate thing is like, sometimes it does. And that gives people an idea, like there's just some freaks who, you know, just happen to kind of get away with, you know, with load management murder and like, because the human body is super variable and you know you like the bell curve kind of exists for most yep. things in human formants and like but the, pro the, yeah. and the, the problem is that those are the people that are spotlight yeah exactly that, that, so that's that are made a big like, deal oh, of yeah. but they're the they're the like I I n equals one yeah, <laughs> in that case you exactly. know like they are the outlier totally. and and uh, and then we model ourselves on oh, that no, person yeah. and we're like okay that's i want to perform like that and uh, and and for most of us it just doesn't work yeah. you know and and so this is yeah this is i think this is just such an important yeah. point to be to, to be driving home um and i do not want to discourage grant but this is where i think we can flip this to okay so what does grant do to overcome this and what does uh, what do you uh, do when you find yourself in a similar position well lee clements has just had um, asked a really great question here which sort of does tie into it i think is a really important thing that i want to do i do want to clear up so um lee's asked when does tendinopathy become an injury and so that's a you know quite a philosophical question what is an injury <laughs> um which we you know maybe won't go into here but uh it's a that's a really good point about uh like changes in morphology versus changes in pain. And so what morphology is basically in shape and structure. So changes in shape and structure, as we talked about at the beginning, like that does happen in tendinopathy. You can generally see it on a um, on a scan, um, a certain type of scan, usually ultrasound, and you, you may see changes in the tendon structure itself where the, the collagen fibers that I mentioned before don't quite line up as nicely. Um, but the really interesting thing about that is people who have these changes in um, in tendon structure don't necessarily then have changes in pain or performance. So there's loads of studies with um, like collegiate volleyball players who will often develop uh, knee uh, like patella tendinopathy because they just do so much jumping on hard ground over and over and over again. And like pretty much all of them had tendinopathy like changes, but not all of them had any uh, change in pain or function. So it's really key to understand here that this is a, another example where in, um, imaging doesn't like rule uh, diagnosis and injury management because you might uh, scan a tendon, find out there's tendinopathy-like changes, but you don't actually um, have any changes. So with rehabbing a tendon, um, a, a tendinopathy injury, we're not trying to make the tendon look pretty again. What we're trying to do is, is get your function up and get your pain 
um, right? And that comes from a, a gradual reintroduction to learning. But yeah, just don't anyone out there who's got scanned and seen like, oh no, I have a tendinopathy, but they've never realized they had a yeah. like <laughs> an, an issue. Injury, yeah. Don't now suddenly yeah, give yourself don't create a, an injury yeah. identity for yourself. That's so just a really key point there that I'm glad Lee brought up. Yeah. Um, now going back to kind of you know somewhat specifics for Grant because just like I always have to say with um, these Physio Monday questions, this isn't a physio consultation. So, uh, you know, this is, is general advice, but I think Grant just brings up such a great example of for people this time of year who are often like, okay, this in 2021, I'm ticking off a CrossFit comp, I'm ticking off an ultra marathon, I'm doing <laughs> yep. this plus, you know, work. So I think it's a really good general one to talk about. Um, like it's just, can I start? Yeah, you can start. I start? <laughs> so the very first thing that I recommend for anyone who's in Grant's situation, which there are going to be f plenty of people, uh, there are also going to be plenty of people who find that they end up in this situation over the next couple of months because they've had some time off training and they come back to the gym or their sport and try to kick off where they left off and they've been away for enough time that their body has lost a bit of conditioning. Their bucket has shrunk. Their, their bucket has shrunk. The bucket starts to shrink after about two weeks, maybe three, depending on your training age and the intensity that you used to train at. For the first week, I like to say you tend to still adapt from this previous stimulus. The second week, you tend to really plateau. And then the, by the third week, you start to really lose your load capacity. It starts to drop off quite quickly. And if you stay away from ex the exercise or stimulus for more than four weeks, you can count on the fact that you will need to regress and you know kind of start building your low capacity up again uh, people that are away for more than five or six weeks it's it's almost like sort of kicking off again you'll remember and your body will adapt faster but you really have to start like go, uh, scaling it right back again your load your, your and intensity your volume and intensity so you're going to find a lot of people fall into this bucket the very first thing you need to do is have a recovery plan you have to have a recovery strategy just like your exercise strategy so if, if grant is you know running four or five days a week which he probably is because he's training for an ultra marathon and then he's um hitting the uh crossfit uh a couple of times a week or he's doing our foundations program now which is still you know um a lot of load on the muscles and systems he needs to have a matching um, recovery strategy like what what are, what are you eating how much are you sleeping how much water are you drinking all these different things come into it what's your stress. you know what's that stress your, st your stress everything you know what's your what's everything else like in the world and and how much does it support the intense amount of exercise that you're exposing your body to you know and if it's not then then something's got to give and you've got to find balance there uh, and that's the very first thing I would say to everybody you know you need to take into consideration it starts with sleep if you're exercising to that capacity and you're not in bed for nine hours a night forget it you, you don't have a chance because even if you're in bed for nine hours a night you're probably only getting about seven and a half hours of actual sleep you know your body doesn't just uh, unless you're um my my fiance kalisha falling asleep she falls asleep after five minutes your body just doesn't and i monitor my sleep very very uh, precisely because it's something that i really uh, struggle with and have to manage now if i'm in bed for nine hours a night i get a roughly 20 to 30 minutes of deep sleep 
where you're really, really recovering, you know. Uh, I am a terrible sleeper. And so you need to take that into consideration. What kind of a sleeper are you, you know? Are you a, 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 the type of person that gets a lot of deep sleep? Now, I would urge someone who's really taking their sport and their training seriously to get some sort of a wearable that they can wear at night and monitor their sleep because it's something that most people don't take into consideration, you know. And and you, if you're not getting enough sleep, I'm telling you right now, your body's not recovering. Like, it doesn't matter what supplements you take. It doesn't matter how you eat. Mm. It doesn't matter how you try to manage load in the gym or outside of the gym. If you're not getting enough sleep, then it's like, bang, you, 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 are, not, you, you are not getting it. You're not getting your recovery in and you're going to end up breaking down. And things like rhabdomyolysis may become a reality for you in, in the future, you know, especially if you're trying to do CrossFit. I think he was also going vegan as well at the same time, this guy. Is he? No, sorry, my guy. He got Your guy. Okay, so yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. He's really yeah, yeah, ticking yeah, yeah. in a lot of boxes pretty so, hard. So then that brings on the second <laughs> thing that I want to talk about, nutrition. You know, are you eating enough dietary protein because you're turning over protein, muscle proteins, and if you need muscle protein synthesis to repair this tissue, then are you getting enough protein in? And if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you need to have a serious supplement protocol going to support yourself, you know, because most of the time you just can't consume enough protein calories to get it right if you're eating that you really have to think about it i don't know many high level vegan athletes that don't supplement protein or don't supplement um, um uh, amino acids you know they it's just very difficult to get uh, the the spectrum you need of of uh, dietary protein so that's your second thing nutrition uh, and, and it needs to, you really need to take a serious look at this. There's no room for, for, for shitty calories if you're uh, um, performing at that level. You, you need to start thinking about how you're getting your, your um, uh, caloric, um, uh, your, your food in uh, and, and what type of calories you are eating. Is it, is it crap or is it good? And then after that, you've got to start looking at stress mechanisms in your body because exercise stress, uh, running stress uh, is very, very serious on the body. And so are you stressed in other areas of your life? Do you have financial stress? Do you have relationship stress? Do you have career or work-related stress? Uh, and those things are going to play a huge role in how your body performs, you know. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think that, like, I mean, we could, it's a whole other episode probably talking about, like, different types of stress and, like, you stress is the net the word for like a positive stress which is something to you adapt to but something like you know work stress or like lifestyle stress you don't adapt to that you have to manage that so um and just like with you stress too much of that can then become like too much of that positive stress can then be a, a negative thing long term so um i really enjoyed using the waking up app for a bit of um you know mindfulness meditation with sam harris i think that's a really excellent way to do it everyone likes different things um but yeah, I think that's a really positive one there. Um, yeah, we talked about that la the, in the last yeah. week that we did our uh, our goal setting and 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 um, uh, motivation series. Uh, so look, guys, we're going to bring this in for a landing. We were a little bit late getting yeah, started. Is there anything um, else you want to finish? Well, Grant's on? just kind of said that he's currently working. Um, his workout week is three runs a week and three to four days of foundations program plus um, seven to seven and a half hours of sleep every night. Tracks water consumption. All, uh, all of this is due to mainly listening to the podcast. So, nice one, Grant. Fantastic. It sounds like yeah, you're getting a good um, sort of mix there with running. Maybe we should bring Tom DeCanto back on to talk about running programming. But with the top level runners that I work with, their runs don't look the same. So just like with training, we we don't do the same workout three to four you know days a week. We 
change different stimulus on different parts of the body, different um, energy systems. So just like that, look into your running programming. Are you just punching out the same distance and the same, um, you know, every time? Or are you doing interval sessions? Are you doing hill sessions? Like, because all of those will stress different energy systems, which have will then kind of have their own recovery pathways, which means that you won't be overloading just one yeah. I love how Tom even said that, you know, when Rad asked about barefoot running, he said, yeah, I use it as a certain stimulus to just yeah. change things up a little bit every, yeah. every once in a while. It's like a, an exercise. It's like using a bench press and then switching out to a dumbbell press for a, for a workout just to get a little bit more stimulus on the st stabilizers, you know. Yeah. Um, that's a, a, yeah. a really good and point. I, and there was so much more we wanted to talk about here with like changing kind of microloading in with, the, you know, for someone who's got 10 up the, like, we still want you to be doing um you know the big compound movements but maybe you change it from the bench press which might be a bit aggravating to a dumbbell uh, neutral sort of press to make it um or even using things like wrist wraps can be quite helpful so there's there's so much more to kind of go into here and we didn't even get to acute injury management the difference is there but the basic one is tenopathy don't just rest it um get your load management right acute injury give it a little bit of rest yeah back into it but that's a whole nother there's a whole year for this yeah I mean, <laughs> that's right that's so, right we got we got so back. much to talk about we got so much coming at you guys and it's very exciting because we are even going to have Nilesh on as well with phil so we're going to have yeah. double trouble physiotherapists uh once uh, a week and it's going to be yeah. fun and we'll be starting to really ramp up our um you know similar just like with unity here where um you know you're getting lots of training information we're going to be putting out uh you know even more sort of physio information through um adpt physio so um yeah it's all coming and so for adpt that does stand for athletic development physical therapy so we're all about yeah building people into athletes and treating um people like athletes which is um you know maybe not what you've experienced in your uh, current or your past physio ex um, experiences so it's all very exciting. I did uh, post some links in the Facebook chat here to uh, liking our Facebook page. Um, I've moved away from Switch On Physio. I'm going to put that um, direct people to ADPT Physio. Um, I've also put a link for our um, a Google review would be super helpful as we do get um, started up. So um, I'll also put that in the uh, podcast notes. So yep. yeah, we'd love for you guys to help me out as I get this thing launched. Yeah, get get yourself over there, like the page, uh, give them a Google review. As I said, ADP um, uh, T Physio is partnering with Unity Gym and we are, their first um, uh, treatment room is in the gym here. It's fantastic, very, very exciting. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see what these boys uh, start coming out with this year. They're two very, very, very smart cookies. So keep following them, keep watching, and guys, we will see you tomorrow. Phil's going to be back on the show um, as a regular fixture, and we will be introducing Nilesh, his business partner, to you shortly as well, and we will also introduce our new gym manager, Will. So we'll see you all tomorrow. Happy birthday, Richie. You. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery in movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.